Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome. Amanda Grace here with you today. Hello to everybody joining us and coming in in the United States and around the world. We're very happy to have you with us. And welcome to our moderators, our Ark of Grace team. Thank you for helping us do what we do for the Lord. We have a very interesting broadcast today. I think you're going to find all of these gentlemen fascinating. We have Josiah Antis with us, who are Deb and Aaron Antis's son. And we have Sam and Rob from Last Frontier Ministries here, also known as the Duct Tape missionaries, which we will get into in a moment. So I'm going to open up in prayer as we always do. And then we're going to play for you um, a video before we bring them all on. We were able to, Ark of Grace, by the grace of God, was able to help um, get Josiah to Romania on a missions trip to do missionary work. He's also gone to Alaska and has, with Rob and Sam, done missionary work. And so we're going to get into his perspective as well. So let's open up in prayer. We'll pray the We'll play the video. We'll bring all these gentlemen on. So Father God, in the precious name of your son, Jesus Christ, Lord, we come before you this day. We praise you that you are almighty God. You are high and lifted up far above every power, principality, and might. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise due your precious, holy, perfect name. Father, we humble ourselves before you this day asking that the pull of the flesh becomes less in our lives, so you, your will, and your power become more in our lives. We acknowledge you sent your son, Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, to the earth, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. He was the Passover lamb, the sacrifice for our sins. He willingly died at Calvary. He purchased us by the shedding of his blood. And when that blood dripped onto the mercy seat, we were purchased, we were redeemed, and an open show and spectacle it was made of the enemy before all of creation. Lord, we praise you that Jesus Christ rose again in three days, ascended back into heaven after appearing to many, took his rightful righteous place at the right hand of the Father victoriously where he rules and reigns forevermore. He is our advocate before your throne and we honor that before you this day. Father, we welcome your presence, Lord, the presence of Ruach Elohim and the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Ruach HaKadosh, Lord, to fill this place, Lord, that the weight of your glory would fall, that the power of your presence would move, that you would go before us this day, Father God, lead and guide us in all wisdom, counsel, might, power, and the reverential fear of the Lord. By the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, by the spirit of the one true living God, may only the truth and power of Almighty God with authority come forth, Lord, in Jesus' name. Lord, take all the glory for yourself. You are the potter. We are most certainly just the clay. You are the author and finisher of our faith, Lord. Without your breath of life in us, Father God, we don't have life, Lord. And we honor you this day. We praise you, Father God, and we glorify your name. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Okay, amen. Praise the Lord. Now let's uh, let's cue up the video. There goes Toby walking out the door. We'll cue up the video to show this amazing mission trip to Romania that Josiah took. Amanda and everyone from Ark of Grace, it's Josiah. I just wanted to say a huge thank you for helping support my trip to Romania. I just got back and let me tell you, it was a life-changing experience for me and for my team. We were mainly in the southern part of Romania in a city called Craiova, as well as some of the surrounding Roma communities where we did street evangelism in hospitals and parks. And we also put on large-scale festival events where we got to gather large crowds of people and tell them about the personal love of Jesus. I actually got to speak on stage at one of those festivals and that was super, super cool. I was also on the media team, so I got to run around with all the different teams and capture these salvations, these miracles, all these incredible moments 
on camera so we could take them back and share them with other believers. And I ended up staying with that team a following week so we could do a week of follow-up and discipleship and help get the people who we saved plugged into about six different churches uh, in the area. So again, I just want to say thank you so much. I would not have been able to go without your support, your prayers, and yeah, just thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful and please enjoy this video. So our team came to Aroma Community and we were ministering and we came to this home. This lady was sitting on her bed, found out that she was paralyzed on her whole left side of the body and she was told that she would never walk. And so we prayed with her. She said, okay, pick me back up. I want to take even if it's just two steps. And so we started walking with her and she walked back and she said, I feel stronger. The pain in my shoulder is gone and I can move my arm better. She didn't know what to do but cry out to God and hear God send us right to her home. Tonight, how many say, man, I would like to experience that brand new start? I would like God to bring his blessings, not just into my family, but into my own heart and life. Raise your hand high if you want the blessings and goodness, the peace and the love. Praise the Lord. That was amazing. We love it when we can we, we, we can help the youth and, and younger people like go out as well and go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's the commission in Mark. That's the commission we stand by. And so praise the Lord for that. So let's bring in Josiah, Rob, and Sam. Hello, gentlemen. Hi, how's it going? Hello. How are you? Doing well. How about yourself? We're doing very well. So let's talk about, because Josiah has been on many missions trips, including with, with the two of you, he's been to Alaska. So yes. 
why why don't you gentlemen tell me what the hey hey is going on in Alaska right now? Because it really is like the last frontier. It is. It people don't know enough, I think, about really the oppression and and the bondage that goes on in these communities in Alaska. Yeah. Um Alaska, you know, some some of the things that people don't know about Alaska is Alaska is roughly uh, three times the size of Texas. Uh, and we have uh, right around 231 federally recognized villages here in Alaska. And uh, with that being said, there's there's a lot of hurts and everything that have been acquired uh, since uh, kind of the the um, adoption or the the uh, inception of Alaska into the United States. Um, and and we kind of feel um, we kind of deal with the fallout of that. Um, and so. Um, there's a lot of villages here in Alaska that doesn't have a church or they don't have a functioning church. Um, and so God called us uh, to, to start an organization um, that we can actually go into the villages and not just uh, not just have converts, but have true disciples. So Amen. we've been working here in the village of Minto for about 14 years. And uh, Josiah has been able to come up with us and, uh, and, and see kind of what we do and who we're about. And we would love to, have him continue to come up here, even move up here. Yeah. Yeah. We'd like to have him move up here. Um, but anyways, Alaska, it, it is a dark place and we're just trying to bring the light and love of Jesus Christ up here. So Josiah, what are the, some of the things you experienced when you went up there with Rob and Sam and last frontier ministries? What are yeah, some of the things so, you experienced and saw? Um, let's see some of the things I experienced while I was there. Uh, we like the very first week I was there, we went into a village called Rampart. Uh, which is actually off the um, one of the river systems there. And it was cool going into like the villages and experiencing just like, I guess a remote community. That's a very, like it's still the U S but it's very disconnected um, mm -hmm. from the rest of the, really the rest of the state, the rest of the world. Um, while we were there, we got to do uh, VBS. So like putting on programs for the kids while we were there. Uh, and then we also did like community projects and stuff around to really just like create those relationships um, so we could go get invited back and continue to invest in the community. And then uh, I also was able to go into the village of Minto on that trip while I was there. And we just finished the youth building. Um, so we created a community youth center. We were renovating it with a couple other ministries that were coming in. And uh, that was really cool getting to like create a safe space for the kind of the youth there. Um, but I mean, I was a part of church services and like community projects and outreaches and all sorts of stuff while we were there. So how hard is it to get to some of these places? Because it's, if it's that much bigger than Texas and God bless Texas, that's a huge state to begin with. I can only imagine. So what do you have to go through to get to these villages and the, the weather elements I want to hear about? Because there are huge temperature swings, weather swings going on in Alaska. Yeah, Alaska's a large, large place. It can be very difficult to get to some of the villages. The village of Rampart that Josiah was just talking about, you can only get there by boat or plane or an ATV. So in the wintertime, we'll, we'll jump on snow machines and go over there. Uh, if oh, the that's not fun. Too cold. Yeah, it's very, very fun until your snow machine <laughs> breaks down on you. and It's not fun anymore. But, <laughs> but uh, uh, it can be very challenging. Now, Josiah and that team this summer went by a boat. They drove about 120 miles by car and then another 50 miles wow. down the river, down the Yukon River by a boat. Uh, but most of the villages in Alaska are not accessible by a, by a vehicle. So we have to either fly in or we'll take a boat in or a snow machine in or, or, or an ATV of some sort. So they're very challenging at times. 
And then sometimes we can't even go into the villages because it's just, it's just too cold. Uh, one, one morning, I remember we spent hours uh, defrosting our airplane to get up there. And, uh, you know, spent two or three hours trying to get it warmed up. And we, we decided wow. we still couldn't fly because it, it was still too cold to fly. So we didn't feel comfortable. So we drove five hours to the village. And then other villages, like you mentioned, weather changes. We drove to the village, we flew to the village, actually. Mm -hmm. And we could see the smoke tops on the village from their chimneys. But the clouds came in too quickly. We had to turn the plane all the way around and go all the way back home again. And we were only 10 minutes away from the village by airplane. And yep. we had to go back home. So the weather has changed quickly. Um, dark, cold. Um, weather should we have to fly around rain clouds and around rainstorms. It can be a definitely a very, very challenging place to do ministry here in Alaska. So is it about, I don't know, four hours or so, maybe more of daylight in the winter? Like what is it? I know what it's like in the summer. It's almost 24 hours of daylight yeah. you have, which makes it a lot easier. But in the winter, right, it changes drastically. Yeah, right now, um, you know, we're we're in the middle of November and so right now we're starting to lose daylight come, come December 21st. Uh, it's the darkest day out of the year. But um, right now it's, it's 1030, uh, almost, you know, close to 11 o'clock. And it's, 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 you can see outside, but you wouldn't want to drive without your headlights on because cars might not see, especially with our white van. Mm -hmm. um, there's snow on the ground. We got to, we have to make a, a real quick round trip to the village or the town of Fairbanks today. Uh, which is 150 miles away, something like that, and buy a bunch of stuff and get a bunch of stuff for, uh, we're doing an open night uh, for the, the youth center that Last Frontier mm -hmm. Ministries helped a local young man uh, renovate so that the village kids here have something to do. Because right now with it being as dark as it is, um, yes. if you're not involved in basketball, there's really not much to do in the village. And that, that leads into all different kinds of problems with drug and alcohol mm -hmm. addiction, with suicide, with depression, with all that stuff. So Josiah, you being with them up there and going up there, what is some of the most uh, incredible uh, things you've witnessed with people with doing missions work up there? Man, um, let's see. Like most incredible, miraculous, like amazing. Yeah, um, I would say probably the, like one of the biggest things you experience up there is uh, – just like the amount of freedom that you get to see because these are people that um, very much live in like bondage with like depression and addiction and all these things. And when you have that opportunity to like, like go with Rob and Sam, go into the villages and like bring like the actual authentic experience of like encountering Jesus, uh, you just get to see like the miraculous like freedom and change in their lives. Uh, and whether that's something that you see with like the first couple days or like um, even stuff that's like years down the road, like having like seeing the person get transformed into a completely different person. Mm -hmm. That's like a functioning human being and like smiling and happy and like a like able to live again, like full of life. Like that's probably the best part about going. Well, that's amazing part of it. Hey, that's what it's about. And, and, and you know, Rob and I, too, it, 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 we've gotten to pray together when he was in Miami and, and I'm all about that. You know what I mean? Deliverance, people being set free, healed, delivered. That's what it's about. Jesus did it. He went to them. He went to the villages. He went to the towns. He went to the squares to free these people. And we're supposed to follow suit. That's exactly what we're supposed to be doing. So I have, I have an interesting question for you because Aaron, your good friend, Aaron Antis, right? calls the two of you the duct tape ministers <laughs> yeah. and before we we show these clips i want to know why the two of you have been dubbed the duct the duct tape ministers 
Well, <laughs> well, uh, we uh, we use a lot of duct tape. This is a loaded question, everyone. We use a lot of, you know, in Alaska, you can't survive without duct tape, chicken wire, and zip ties. <laughs> so uh, we use that frequently when we're on our adventures. We had to uh, ratchet strap our tires together. We've had to uh, zip ties our accelerator pedal together. We've had to oh duct tape our seats together. We've had some great adventures and. Uh, we wouldn't be here today without duct tape, chicken wire, and zip ties. So therefore, the duct tape missionaries are here. One time we were going down the Yukon River and our boat motor broke. Our, we had a throttle cable that, that snapped. Uh -huh. And with duct tape, uh, bailing wire, chicken wire, uh, and some zip ties, we were able to make a throttle cable to get back up the river. <laughs> this is like MacGyver. This is like real life episodes of MacGyver. It is. Is what this is, right? Yes. Yep. So let's show one of the clips because we have a, a couple of clips here from, from what uh, you, you two do in this wonderful place of Alaska. By the way, the scenery, even seeing it online is breathtaking. First of all, it's so amazing because, you know, I'm all about animals. So watching that, especially the wolf footage with you in this standoff with this wolf on the road. I mean, I'm yeah. all about that. But we have a couple of clips here. So let's just play one of them. We'll play the other later on. You weren't kidding when you said duct tape. I saw it firsthand. Whatever you had contraption you had in your hand, there was duct tape on it. Yeah. Yeah, it's um it's it's interesting because whenever we first started coming up to the villages and whatnot, uh, we didn't know a whole lot of other missionaries here. Uh, and we actually did think that we were the only ones coming up. We we have met some more people who are coming in there. We're starting to coordinate with them, uh, and actually like um trying to, to, to lock arms and link arms together so that we can actually get this thing done. Again, with 231 recognized villages, um, you know, it's, it's impossible for two guys to do, to do it alone. And you can actually go uh, to www.lastfrontierministries.com to learn more well, let's about put it. Let's that up for everyone. We'll and, put that up for everyone. And you can actually sign up uh, to win a free trip uh, to Alaska to actually see what we're doing here. Uh, we would love we'd love for people to to sign up um, there on our website and uh, enter it to win a free trip up here. But yet, in order for us to to do what we're doing, we have to link arms with other missionaries to get this done. Um, you know, with with Alaska being three times the size of Texas or roughly there, um, imagine uh, imagine having to drive across the state of Oklahoma or you know from the top of New York to the bottom of New York just to get to one village. Um, and that's, that's, that's what we're having to do. And, and a lot of times, like, like Josiah and Sam said, it's by boat or by plane, uh, snowmobile. Uh, we've went through the mountain pass at, you know, 30 below and it's, it's cold. Uh, and we just, we need more laborers. So we're actually in the midst right now of, of doing a, a mission school to train up missionaries. And we're going to, speaking of linking arms, we're going to link arms with youth with a mission. Uh, to be able to run a discipleship training school in order to uh, reproduce the passion that we have for Alaska um, and try to get more missionaries out in the field. 
And it's very much needed. I think one of the greatest mission fields right now is in the United States of America. It is. And the reason why I believe that is because with everything people in the U.S. have access to, it's sometimes harder to reach them for the Lord. So they get themselves involved and in bondage and have access to more things that, say, a third world country would not have access to. So sometimes I think ministering to people in the United States can be harder at times than going and ministering, uh, you know, to other nations or third world countries or areas that maybe haven't been afforded as much. So, and it's ripe right now. It really is. You know, the field in the United States of America is ripe. The youth, the youth are definitely ripe because they're passionate. God bless them. They're passionate. Their passions might be tilled in the wrong direction and sent in the wrong direction, but they're passionate. And once that passion turns toward Jesus Christ, they become, you know, a, a great tool and weapon for almighty God to use. So it's so important to reach the youth right now because the enemy has enslaved them, put them in bondage, brainwashed them, fed them lies. You know, I, I would think the generation of youth now are probably some of the most broken of other generations as far as, you know, issues in the home, you know, life issues, issues in the schools. Uh, and so, you know, Josiah, you, you go to Bible college, right? Yeah. What's the difference you see from, from going to Bible college to what you see when you go out into the field and deal with the youth on these trips? Wow. Um, I would say, so in Bible college, you get very like filled up, like you're constantly getting poured into, you're spending time like in the word, um, you're learning all these biblical principles and like faith principles. But um, when you're actually like, when the rubber hits the road, when you go out into the missions field and get to apply it, it's a totally different ball game. Um, there's just like, you know, you think you believe all this stuff. And then like, you know, when's the last time you actually prayed healing for somebody? When's the last time you like helped them like receive Jesus, help them receive the Holy Spirit? Like, all these things. So being on the missions field, like you get to actually like meet, come face to face with these things that you like read about and you hear about. And it's just like a completely different experience. And like, I think really unlocks um, like a part of you as a believer that you just don't experience like sitting at home or even like watching other people go on mission trips. Exactly. Going into the field, honestly, is some of, of the best education God can give you is, is putting you in the middle of it and you learning from being in the middle of doing that. You know, the Lord did that with me. You know, he threw me in. He sent me to Israel too. First time ever leaving the States with my husband, Chris, which totally by faith we went in that situation. Um, and it, once you get into the field and, and you begin to minister, it, it it's very different because everything God has equipped you with all of a sudden starts firing on all cylinders when you go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And I always point out, the Lord says every creature, not even every person, but every creature you're supposed to preach the gospel to. That means if an ant comes into your house, you better be preaching the gospel to it before you send it back outside into the world. So let's, let's, <laughs> I know, I know my house is, it's a wild house today. Let me tell you something. Our house today has been, the animals have been all over the place um, at the sanctuary. So let me, let me ask that when you have to go out in, you know, minus 80 degree temperatures, right? Minus 30 degree temperatures. And, and you have to go and try to get to these villages, 
once you once you get to these villages, right? What are some of the different uh, uh, programs or things that you do with them once you get there? Well, one thing we do, like you mentioned earlier, uh, focusing on the youth and children. Every time we're up here in the village of Mento and other villages, uh, we do a, a daily or a week, I should say a weekly, once a week, when we're up here, we'll do a, a kids program for about an hour, an hour and a half. So really focus on the kindergarten through, you know, all the way up through high school, through through uh, sixth grade for the kids program. And then like Josiah said earlier, we helped to uh, build a youth center up here uh, this past summer. So focusing on the teenagers as well, where we're pouring into them, giving them programs to do. Um, just building relationships with them, letting them know what it's like to be a godly man, a godly, a godly boy, you know, That's like important. a godly woman. So we pour into their lives with the teams that we have. We have lots of great teams that come up here and uh, we focus a lot of relationship building, teaching them what it's like to be a man and woman of God and pouring into them. Um, so that's some of the programs with the, with the youth and children. We also hold services in the evenings for the adults um, and uh, do preaching, one-on-one -on -one discipleship. A lot of our time is we'll just go ahead and just do some fishing with them and just relationships through fishing and hanging out with them that way. Yeah, and the other thing too that uh, recently we just uh, integrated into our ministry is a, it's a ministry called Restoring the Foundations. And Restoring the Foundations, essentially what it is, is it, it, the, the ultimate goal is to bring deliverance to people because Amen. Uh, one of the things that we, we understand is, you know, just because somebody is uh, acting a certain way, if they're, if they're um, say, say they're having a problem with drugs, alcohol, depression, it, that that's a symptom. It's a fruit of what's going on at the root of, of their spirit. And so what we do is, is, is we go in, it's about a three hour session that we, we talk with them. We do kind of an interview with them. They fill out some paperwork so that we can actually see what's going on and get to the root of the problem and break off the generational curses, break Amen. off the ungodly beliefs, break off soul ties. And then ultimately we end up going after demonic oppression and, and kicking that thing out because once you break off the soul ties, once you break off those ungodly beliefs and those ge the generational curses, the sins of the father, then then that thing has no legal right to be there. Um, and so we we go through that process with them and and we brought a team up here about a month ago and uh, we were able to see numerous people get free. And just since I've been up here, I've actually seen them walking in that freedom from a month ago. So um, it's 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 not going to be an easy road, I would say. It's, it's going to take some time, um, but uh, we're seeing the fruit of it. So, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's fun. Um, it's fun stuff. It is. And, you know, I noticed, too, that one of the biggest roots in people's lives in which the enemy loves to grow off of, piggyback off of, is trauma. <laughs> Many times there is an underlying trauma that goes way back in which everything else is growing off of. So I find too, when I have to, when I have to deal in deliverance with people that going after the trauma first and getting, and getting that root out, it makes it easier for others uh, to kick others out with it as well and slam the legal door and, and have that be that. In fact, I just, I was in Tulsa I saw Josiah. I was in Tulsa. I was staying at his, at his mom and dad's uh, for to do um, an event. We were at uh, Clay's headquarters. Marty was doing an event with Loudmouth Prayer. And we, we were dealing in deliverance, you know, and some of them were growling at me. I didn't care. <laughs> you can growl all you want. You're still leaving. It doesn't yeah. matter. So yeah. and, and when you when you get up there and see this addiction and oppression, all these things, what are some of the wildest things that have happened in 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 dealing and deliverance in that area 
I mean, one of the things that, that I'm seeing, you know, I, I have, he's a good friend of mine, but um, he was really being attacked and, and I was told to go over to his house. We went over to his house and um, he was, he was throwing TVs. He was flipping over tables and everything else. Yeah. And, and we were just able to take authority over it. And then we had another individual that we had to, to help in the, the health center. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, um, it, it, it was almost like he was on drugs, you know, and then, uh, and, and, but the, the, I would say the, I would say the, cra- I don't want to say craziest thing, but like whenever somebody's contemplating suicide, um, obviously that's, that's a demonic, you know, attack yeah. against him. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that time that Sam was saying that, you know, it was cold, we were heating up the airplane, we were trying to, you know, get up there and then we had to drive up. There's a backstory to that because whenever we finally got up here, uh, again, we were, we were going to fly up and what we do whenever we get to the village is we actually don't drive much. I mean, there's some times that we do, but we park the village at our mission house that we're able to stay at. And then we walk everywhere we go because people are walking on the streets. If you're driving in a car, you're not going to have that encounter with them. Well, this particular day, we ended up driving around the village to just kind of see how the village is doing, kind of get a, a spiritual sense of it and pray over the village. And whenever we got back to the to the house now it was like 30 below you said when we were warming up the airplane pretty cool wow so it was 30 below outside so the mission house we were staying in was 30 below inside um and so we were starting a fire trying to get that warm and an individual came and knocked on our door and uh we answered the door and he had tears running down his face and and uh we're like hey what's going on man and he was like i was just getting ready to commit suicide i was going to hang myself and he goes, I looked out the window and I saw your guys' Suburban with your Last Frontier Ministries logo on the side of it. And I knew that there was hope. And so we were able to pray pray for him uh, and and get him set free from that. And, and he's still walking around. I just saw him this morning. Uh, he's doing he's doing well. Um, more freedom than you come. Yeah, more freedom. <laughs> but uh, little by little, you know, little by little. Little. Well, that's what you do. You know what I mean? It, it's like hand-to-hand combat, I call it. You know, like we're built for hand-to-hand combat. And and I also talk about with, with Deliverance, you're dealing with a formidable opponent. They don't have nearly as much power as Almighty God, but they do have power. You know what oh, I yeah. mean? And so you're dealing with, with that, you know, going in with that mindset, but understanding greater is he was in me. So greater is, you know, my the power God has given us through Christ Jesus than it is what they have coming from the kingdom of darkness. But it's still a battle and it can be exhausting. Deliverance is, is, I want to tell people it's exhausting so they know with Robin, Sam, and Josiah what goes on. It is exhausting to do this. Well, Josiah was with us in in, uh, Rampart. Remember Mm -hmm. when we were doing the baptisms, Josiah? Yeah. 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 Why don't you tell the story about the guy on the boat? Were these uh, like polar bear baptisms, like 20 below water and where you're going to dunk them in quick and get it done? Not 20 below water, <laughs> but like 34 degrees water. Okay. Okay, Josiah, go. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we had a church service that ended up going um, fairly well. And then it took a turn where they wanted to, some of our team members that were there with us, it was a team from Pennsylvania. Um, they wanted to get baptized. So uh, we took them down to the river and I was kind of like scrambling to get my camera all together so we could get it on camera. Um, and we're baptizing them. And then there's a couple of the villagers that are like uh, intoxicated on another boat next to us. And they're just like shouting profanities while we're like trying to baptize this guy. And Sounds like yeah. New York. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, but yeah, it was kind of crazy. But honestly, going into Rampart, like that entire thing was nuts. We got rained on, like literally just torrential downpour. I'm trying to cover all my camera gear. We got swarmed by like at, like plague levels of mosquitoes. Like Rampart's <laughs> a really tough place to share the gospel for sure. Hey, you know what? You got to do what you got to do. Honestly, you know, sometimes it's just it's just like that. And you just got to go in and, and, and deal with it and, and keep your mind on Jesus Christ and just and just keep going with it. Yeah. You know, but, that, you know, it, it, it amazes me, though, all of these elements that go on at once. Right. That you have to contend with. It really is contending with it. Mm-hmm. Um in order to get the gospel to these villages. Let's talk about because, you know, we have a sanctuary, so we have to talk about this just for a few minutes. The wildlife there contending with the wildlife in Alaska. And I would like you to send me, I don't know, I don't know, some sort of wildlife from Alaska for the sanctuary. <laughs> yeah. I don't care. You, you pick, you surprise me. Well, um, we were on an adventure and, um, yes. and, and it was during September. <laughs> so anyways, we felt the, the hair on the back of our neck stand up and we turned Ooh. around and there was a grizzly bear that was how far? Too close. Very too close. <laughs> Probably 30, 40 yards, something like that. Behind oh, that's us. way too close because they can run. I mean, they they yes. quick. They can run way faster than me. <laughs> and <laughs> Sam can run faster than me, too. <laughs> so, anyways, yeah, we were we were there and uh it was crazy. Yeah, we encountered a lot of wildlife. The one time we were coming back from Rampart and our, our ranger broke down, and we had to walk about 15 miles out. And on our walk out, we encountered a, a, a black bear with a cub. We had to kind of navigate around that just so the bear wouldn't eat us. And on top of that, we were carrying yeah. a bunch of fish with us as well. So we know that the bear was tracking our fish that we were carrying. Um, but there's a lot of wildlife, a lot of moose, uh, bear, um, you know, the caribou. It's a beautiful place, like you mentioned earlier. The wildlife is just amazing up here in Alaska. Yeah. Yeah, the biggest thing that you got to, I mean, for me anyways, the biggest thing you got to worry about, I mean, people think about the grizzly bears and they're like, Oh my gosh, grizzly bears are so dangerous. And they don't get me wrong, they are. But you have to really be careful, especially in the the spring, early summer for the moose that have calves that have just given birth, because they are way more dangerous than a grizzly bear. Uh, They'll kill you quick. And so, yeah, if we're walking around the village and whatnot, um, especially back home, whenever we're out in the woods and whatnot, you just got to be really, really careful. All the teams that come up, we, we try to tell them like, Dude, this isn't Rocky and Bullwinkle, man. Like, don't try to approach one of these things, you know? So, yeah. But, you know, it, it's it's interesting now, but here in New York, we have moose now coming down into New York that are coming yeah. down, I guess, from Maine and, you know, maybe parts of Canada and things of that nature. But, like, they're coming down right into, like, you know, maybe about half hour from us. They're starting. That's- that's because it's so cold up here. They're moving south. <laughs> That's exactly what they're doing. They're all moving. They're done. And they're just migrating to, you know, temperatures that are maybe, I don't know, 25 degrees. They're Fahrenheit. wanting to get to your sanctuary, Amanda. <laughs> What'd you say? I said they're wanting to get to your sanctuary. Yeah, I, animals just show up here. I kid you not. People don't, the, the employees don't believe me till they start working here. Yeah. And then they're yeah. like, you're not kidding. They just show up. Because they do. I've had I've had flocks of seagulls. I've had eighty mallard ducks. I'm not even kidding you. I've had so I cool. had one morning, I one morning at the other property because we have two properties for the sanctuary. So the other one we used to live at. Now we live at this one. But I had five bucks, all six to eight points, 
Wow. I had them lined up and it was really cold. So I gave them some cracked corn because, you know, they love that in the winter, you know, if they could get if they can get some. And I had them lined up eating. And I was about 15, 20 feet from them only because they they had gotten very used to me walking around the property. And when they'd start to try to rear up, I'd go, ah, 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 you back here, you back here in your place. And they'd stop and they'd go back to place <laughs> and they'd eat. And we have things like this go on. Uh, the Muscovy duck, Jake, who, who the Lord used to start the sanctuary, just showed up, lost, you know? We had to bring Chris into it for a minute. Chris made this cross, because Chris used to be a builder. So he made this cross, right? And we have this big bird aviary out in our patio area. And he put the cross in the bird aviary, which I don't know what he was doing, but he put the cross in the bird aviary and he hung strings from it to put bird feeders going to two poles, right? And I told him, Chris, if one bird does anything on that cross, you're going to see this Italian girl flip her lid over it. So you need to watch <laughs> and make sure that this is safe. So basically we live here kind of up on, on a mountain almost. Don't know how the snapping turtle got up here. Don't know how he found his way. It was, a fe- I think it was a female because she came, tried to lay eggs right below the cross. Wow. In the ground. I That's kid you crazy. not, she started digging a lake, just showed up and we had to get her. We brought her to the pond at the other property where she'd be safe. But these things just happen. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, I got stories to tell you too. Oh, you, you, you would be, the stories with the animals are just, the Lord just uses them in amazing ways. But if people want to, say people want to uh, come up on a, on a mission trip and help you say there's another ministry out there. So people want to come up and help. How would they, how would they get a hold of you to come up and do that? Yeah, I mean, uh, from our website, www.lastfrontierministries.com. And again, you know, people who are looking that up, they can get on there and enter to win a, a trip up here so they can come up, you know, at our cost uh, and see what we're all about. But, you know, there, there's lots of people who want to come up uh, for various different reasons, whether it's building, whether it's uh, coming in and doing ministry within the villages, which is what that's what our main heart is. Uh, if they're wanting to, to do building what we typically do, uh, unless it's a small building project for us. Uh, we we uh, we get them on uh, with another mission organization called Flashpoint Missions, uh, who's built our entire campus pretty much. There's been other mm. churches as well, but they've been the the driving force behind that. Josiah was up there with them uh, as well, uh, seeing what you know what they do. But um, yeah, going on our website also with Facebook as well. Uh, they can go on Facebook and they can look us up, see what's going to happen. Uh, they can also text myself or Sam. My my cell phone number is nine zero seven. Uh, 388-8403 and Sam's is 907-687-8278. So you you guys are going to get a lot of texts. That's all right. (laughs) You guys are going to get a lot of texts. But, but, you know, that's, that's what we're here for. You know, if people are are really wanting to reach us, if if like, you know, if, if you're really reaching out and wanting not just to know more about Alaska, but if you're wanting to connect with us to go, hey, look, God is moving on my heart. We want to move to Alaska or we want to just come up and do an exploratory trip to see what ministry is like in Alaska. Those are our phone numbers and, and you can feel free to text us. We ask that you text and not call because a lot of times we're in the village and we don't have cell phone coverage up here. Yeah. Um, so right now we're, we're using the, the tribe's uh, Internet service. But uh, one last thing, you know, uh, kind of jumping back uh, Amanda to where you were talking about the traumas and and how mm-hmm. that can kind of spur on some things yeah. you know within people 
um, kind of giving a brief overview real quick of Alaska. You know, Alaska was bought by, uh, by um, the United States from Russia and they, whenever they bought it, they, they divvied up the land to different tribes, if you will. Uh, so the Eskimos got some, the Yupiks got some, the Athabascans got some, and it created division. Uh, shortly after that, in 1959, uh, the United States um, voted and they made Alaska a state. Whenever mm -hmm. they made Alaska a state, they ended up, uh, the government in its infinite wisdom decided that they were going to pull the kids out of their school and putting them into boarding, uh, boarding schools, uh, pulling them out of their homes, putting them into boarding schools. And a tremendous amount of, of abuse took place then. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot to go into right now with just a, a yeah. short clip it. But shortly after that, they, the, all, all the males that I know that are of Vietnam age, we actually just buried one two days ago. Um, they went to Vietnam because, in my opinion, the, uh, the American government looked at them as expendable. And so when they got back from yeah. Vietnam, there was a tremendous amount of trauma that took place, not only from them being ripped yep. out of their home, not only from them going to Vietnam, but just because of that separation from their village, that separation from mm -hmm. their family, the culture. They, they lost some of their culture. I mean, like since 1959, there's been what, like 60 languages that have been completely extinct. Wow. Um, and so there's a tremendous amount of trauma. And whenever you have that trauma take place, what ends up happening is, is if they don't have the light, the hope and the life of Jesus Christ living inside of them, as that witness, they turn to other things to fill that void. Mm -hmm. And so essentially that's what Sam and I do is first and foremost, we want to introduce them to Jesus. Right. And then we Amen. want to see them get set free. Why? So they can live an abundant life that Jesus promised us. Amen to that. And that is so true. You know, my dad's father is, was a Vietnam vet and he had a lot of issues from that. A lot of them, unfortunately, came home, did the horrors they saw and everything they went through was just horrific. So yep. we have a, um, a second clip here we're going to play in a moment here. Well, today is October 3rd. Got the crew behind us. We just got done moving the travel trailer that Aaron Antis donated to us. And we have it on Last Frontier Ministries ministry property here in Mento. So we are officially uh, using the land and next year we'll start building a mission house on here. So we're super excited. Yay! amazing there the scenery even the little bit i saw it and the snow and the i know it's cold i'm sure it's just you know very cold but it just it even though there's like oppression in some areas part other areas have to be so peaceful when you're out there in the 
wilderness. Yeah, when you're out there in the wilderness yourself, even our, our drive up, our, we have like a like a five-hour drive up to the village of Mento uh, on a good day. And when you're driving through the mountains and through the passes, it's just absolutely breathtaking. I stop actually several times on the way up just to get pictures and and to see the scenery. It's very, very, very peaceful place uh, as you're driving through the place, as you're driving through Alaska, and even as you're hiking through the villages and hiking through the woods. Mm-hmm. Very, very peaceful. But like you said, the villages, it's a lot of trauma here. So it's not, you know, that, that spiritual peace is not here, which we're trying to bring that spiritual peace to the villages here in Alaska. Amen. Amen. Well, you guys are doing an amazing job. Josiah, it's amazing that you go up there with these gentlemen and do what you do and go to Romania and all the other places that you go. Um, that is, it, it's wonderful to see the young wanting to go out, you know, wanting to the, you know what I mean? The young adults now, Josiah just, he just had a birthday. So he's just become, you know, an adult, basically an adult. And so, uh, you know, it's just wonderful to see that coming from the younger generation that they want to go out there and do this for the glory of God. So this is, this is amazing, gentlemen. I'm coming up there at some point. That would be awesome. Yeah. We, we, uh, our campus, Amanda, we're almost done with our campus uh, for Mm -hmm. our mission training center. And, um, and our, what our prayer is and everybody who's watching, if you guys could be partnering in prayer with us, um, mm-hmm. we we're, we're, our, our goal is to actually start our first discipleship training school, uh, this coming up, April, April, 2024, uh, Josiah has been up there. He's seen uh, the campus. He's, he, he lived at the campus. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's an anointed place. Um, but we're definitely needing prayer so that we can finish, uh, what's going on, um, in Alaska because we're, we're needing funding, uh, to finish it, we're a debt-free organization. Again, you can go to www.lastfrontierministries.com to learn more about us, sign up for a free trip. But um, we're, we're a debt-free organization. We plan to continue to be a debt-free organization. We feel that if it's God's will for us to do this, then it's his bill to provide it. And so um, we're, we're, we're asking for prayer uh, to get these things done and so that the, the floodgates of heaven would open and the finances would Amen. continue to pour out. Uh, so that we can finish the campus and for our ministry house up here in Minto, where that trailer was parked. Yeah, finish the well, campus that's... will allow us to train up people and then bring more people into the villages to get more people exposed to the gospel. That's our ultimate goal here. And there's a lot of ground to cover. You got 231 of them. That is a lot of ground and places to cover. So you can go to lastfrontierministries.com to learn more. Any last thoughts, gentlemen? Uh, I just would like to get you up here whenever Dave Scarlett's wanting to come up to Anchorage to do a tent revival. (laughs) (laughs) Anchorage, I mean, Anchorage is probably one of the more, I would say, I wouldn't say bustling, but it's right. Anchorage is a little more established. We kind of don't really claim it it as Alaska. It's not really Alaska. It's too far south. So it's not really, but we won't say that out loud. (laughs) You're so, and I'll tell you, Sam, Rob will tell you, you can't keep a straight face around me. Rob, <laughs> it's, been time fun. Your, yeah, it is, it's very fun. Um, you know, we love what we do and we come, we love to get to minister with others. We, that's amazing. Oh, there's Sadie walking by as we're, as we're talking, she's running out the door there, but you know, to come together, you know, in the fivefold and do, you know, what we do, it's an amazing thing. It really is. So we're going to be praying with you, gentlemen, standing with you for this. And um, at some point, I'm coming up there. You're more than welcome. We've got a place for you. We do. Thank you. Thank you. Josiah, last thoughts? 
Um, you know, just thank you so much for like having us on here and getting the opportunity to share like what Rob and Sam are doing. Cause I think, um, like I've worked with a lot of missions organizations and it's definitely like the heart that they have for missions and for people. It's like something that should be showcased. Um, so it's just, this is an incredible platform to do that. So I just wanted to say thank you. Oh, praise the Lord. We're happy we get to do it. And I am sure we will have them back on with some footage of them using duct tape somewhere in Alaska at some point. Okay. God bless you, gentlemen. Thank you. You too. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you. And that concludes our interview for today. We uh, we pray that you learned a lot about this. You know, Alaska's not talked about a lot. So this is why it's so important uh, for us to know what's going on up there um, and the need, the great need that's going on in Alaska. So you can go to Last Frontier Ministries to learn more.com to learn more. And God bless everyone. Keep the faith. Armor up according to Ephesians chapter six. Psalm 91, it takes two to three minutes. I say it every single day. You have to activate the word. This is your sword. You have to use it. It is living active. This is a living active document. It is a living active book and we need to use it. We need to use the authority of the believer. I can't stress it enough. Um, I also, Ephesians 1 and 3 from the believer's authority. I speak those scriptures every single day without fail. You know, it's these little things during the day and throughout the day of stopping and putting the Lord first. And it's so important to put him in his place and make him first. Make him really first, the Lord of your life. You know, Jesus is our savior and he also needs to be our Lord. And those are two different things. And he truly needs to be the Lord of our life. So God bless everyone. Have a wonderful rest of your evening. And we will be back on soon. We'll announce. Hello, everyone. Amanda Grace here. So as many of you know, Dr. Mark Sherwood and Dr. Michelle Sherwood of the Functional Medical Institute are mine and Chris's doctors. And so I went to Dr. Sherwood with a problem that I was seeing, not only with with what I was going through, but with what other women were going through concerning their metabolism, concerning energy, concerning their hormones. And so we put our heads together and we are very happy now to finally be able to present to you Rafa for women. Rafa means healer in Hebrew. So it is an ode to the Lord because he is our healer. He put things in the earth that help heal us. And so Rafa is a product that was created for that. It also helps by helping with a healthy metabolism and natural hormones, as well as it helps balance fatigue. It helps with weight gain, night sweats, mood swings, blood sugar issues, and more. It is all natural. And I find more and more people are going into the natural arena in order to find solutions to issues that they're going through. So if you'd like to learn more, you can go to www.arcofgrace.org forward slash ministry dash partners to learn more about Rafa today. God bless. Hey everyone, Amanda Grace here. If you are looking for advice on financial matters, if you think gold and silver might be right for you, 
Go to bh-pm.com today. Andrew Sorcini of Beverly Hills Precious Metals, who has been on Ark of Grace many times and loves to answer our viewer questions, is here with his team to answer all of your gold and silver needs. Whether you want to buy gold and silver, whether you have questions to see if it's right for you, whether you are looking to roll over retirement accounts, go to bh-pm.com today and Andrew and his team will be more than happy to assist you with all of your needs. If you want to support an amazing patriot and be a blessing, go to MyPillow.com today and use promo code ARK, A-R-K, to save up to 66% or more off of all MyPillow products. They have pillows, of course, but they are so much more than pillows. They have sheets. They have slippers. They have bathrobes. They even have dog beds and a fun fact for all of you noble one of our pigs at our animal sanctuary has indeed slept on a my pillow dog bed so if you want to be a blessing you can go to mypillow.com today and use promo code arc it is an alternative to big pharma based on quantum physics over 40 scripture verses written into these patches for everything from blood sugar anxiety pain neuropathy to immune system boost dog pain they are very sincere about um, having alternatives to big pharma we are a big advocate of natural solutions to help with pain and 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 blood sugar and a host of other issues i tried the pain patches and and they worked when i used them when you connect it to your body the skin patch changes changes your brainwaves. Sugar, this one is neuropathy. I actually have it on. And we use this on Toby, actually, because Toby's about eight years old. And from being paralyzed years ago and the Lord miraculously healing him, he has a little leftover with his joints and his hips. So we actually give him the doggy pain patches. What was he doing? He was running? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, I walked him out and wow he's boom and he got power i said no way and i don't know i said amanda what what did you do to him to <laughs> <laughs> so it's good 